I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. I am collapsed in utter exhaustion here in my big, manly, comfortable black leather papa chair in my living room. We just got back from our granddaughter Cassie's wedding. What an ordeal. It has to have been the most spectacular pageant since the Super Bowl. She was gorgeous. Well, I think she's a little young to get married. My theory is that a daughter or a granddaughter should be at least in her mid-30s before she even considers marriage. Because if she starts planning the wedding when she's 35, she'll probably almost be ready for Social Security when the actual wedding occurs. At least that's been the experience with this one. I think I said that, didn't I? Yeah. I must somewhat grudgingly Admit that her new husband, David, is a nice guy, although he is something of a handsome devil, which is why when my lady wonder wench wasn't looking, I took the opportunity to warn Cassie that sometimes a guy's handsomeness slips from hunk to hulk faster than you might expect. I used myself as an example. A recent email from proud podcast participant Elizabeth N. from Staten Island presents another example. Uh, Elizabeth was writing about the Men Are Saints chapter in my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot, which is available at Amazon, which is a hint. (laughs) Elizabeth says, quote, Dear St. Dick, beer burps are the most intelligent sounds that now come from my man's lips. He says it's cultural. He claims Budweiser is the beer of ballerinas. He claims table manners are for people who aren't very hungry. He also claims he just likes to eat, drink, and be merry. But he's in such terrible shape that we haven't been married together in months. End quote. Now, Elizabeth, from your note, I suspect you don't fully understand the Men Are Saints campaign. I call it the Mass Appeal, M-A-S, Men Are Saints. As I have explained in the book, I started the Men Are Saints campaign on Thanksgiving a number of years ago while I was at WNBC Radio. The idea came from observing my lady wonder wench, our daughter Chris, our daughter-in-law Brenda, and our sister-in-law Beth scurrying around in the kitchen preparing dinner while our tall guy son Eric, my brother John, and I We're hard at work in a manly display of selfless courage, throwing ourselves in front of the TV screen to protect our loved ones from the dangerous cathode rays that were squirting out of the picture. And how much credit did we get for encouraging our ladies to spend most of the cold Thanksgiving day in the warmth of the fragrant kitchen as we were risking our lives to protect them? Right, none. And think about this. How often have you seen a relatively innocent Louis Louis generation guy at a raunchy bar go over to a woman he hasn't even met before and volunteer to get her out of that dangerous environment by inviting her to the safety and comfort of his apartment? And what reward does he get? Right again, none. And that's the basis for the Men Are Saints appeal. It's in the book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot. Now, Elizabeth, 
here's how you might look at your man in a different light. Try to remember that people who are stressed and unhappy tend to put on weight. He may have financial problems, or he may be losing his hair, or he may be trying to keep from arguing with you over some domestic situation. Perhaps you haven't chilled his beer glass properly, but he doesn't want to argue with you, so he is doing his utmost to keep a happy, unstressed relationship with you. He is ignoring the obvious danger to his body in this fitness-crazed world by sipping his beer and stuffing his face with pizza. Elizabeth, please remember, he is sacrificing himself for you. Six details, a bunch of totally unimportant stuff for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that's keeping you awake at night out the other ear, and you can nod off comfortably to sleep. You know that a bad golfer goes whack, damn. So what does a bad skydiver do? I'll tell you in a minute. William Shatner, the former Captain Kirk, is a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. Many people would say he is one of Hollywood's bigger hams. You know, I can't help but think that the vegetarians would be a good name for the life forms on one of the planets that the Enterprise is sent to save. Just hear it, you know, Spock, are you picking up any life forms down there? Yes, Captain, the vegetarians are alive, and we can sneak up behind them easily because they always turn to face the sun. <laughs> Meanwhile, back here on Earth... The smart guys in the white lab coats tell us that women ingest 50% of the lipstick they apply. I would think if all goes well, men would get the other half, I hope. Historians tell us that Nathan Hale, a hero of the American Revolution, was, well, hung because of what they called his actions against the king. Men's Health Magazine, on the other hand, tells us that he was, well, hung due to working out and eating lots of oysters. Richard! Do not explain that to your children, please. Oh yes, a, a bad golfer goes, whack, damn. A bad skydiver goes, damn, whack. It's a big difference. Dicks the tails, they take your mind off your mind. As you can imagine, the mass appeal, men are saints, is frequently not well received by certain people with more evolved levels of social sensitivity, most of whom tend to have higher voices. And I have to confess that I am extremely grateful that the highly evolved person with a higher voice who lives with me has so far resisted giving into the temptation that many Louis Louis ladies seem to love discussing. I understand they sometimes refer to it as the Lorena Bobbitt syndrome. Louis, Louis, we gonna go now. Hello, hello, hello. My only excuse for my actions is that I had a tough childhood. I was born in February and was cold in Brooklyn. Can you imagine the difficulties that a little newborn baby has in trying to nurse through a wool sweater? I remember hiding my last Twinkie in my underwear drawer. I went to get it one day and it was gone. I said, Mom, what happened? She shifted uneasily and she said, it was God's will. 
I said, Dad, can I borrow the car tonight? He assumed the crash position, and he started talking fast in German, something about Rausmit. My best girlfriend showed up for a date with a hickey in a very personal place. When she saw that I noticed, she said, I only hope the doctor says it's benign so we can go on loving forever. Even the animals in Brooklyn were tough. The cats were always having pssst fights. hate that sound. Psst, psst. I, I get that sound even from loved ones when I get into material like this. But listen, this is a weekly podcast. And seven days without a laugh make one week. You know what I mean? And speaking of loved ones, it really was amazing watching our granddaughter Cassie get married. She's beautiful. She's a talented photographer. She's got a great sense of humor. She got that from her dad, our tall guy son, Eric. When Cass was very little, probably five or six, she was sitting across from me at a restaurant, and I was telling her little stories to make her laugh. And all of a sudden, she started slipping down under the table. And Grandma Wonderwench said, "'What's the matter, Cass?' And Cass said, Papa's pulling my leg too hard. And she slipped all the way down under the table. (laughs) David is a very lucky guy. And I think he knows it. What he doesn't know is something that only people who've been married for more than a few years can possibly know. Something about that is in this story from the Night Connections personal audio CD. You slipped away from your husband this morning. It's the first time you ever really did it that way. was for his own good, because you just didn't want to wake him up. He was sleeping so soundly, and he's been very worried about money and his job. It's been keeping him up late at night. You were glad you didn't wake him up when you got up for work. These different schedules have been kind of tough on your relationship, though. You like each other. You love each other. And you've always loved making love with each other even though there really hasn't been much time for that lately. Both of you have been under a lot of stress. Times have been so tough that for the first time in your lives, you're both realizing that you're not kids anymore. You've both been very athletic all of your lives. You're still in pretty good shape. But suddenly there are aches and pains right about where the television commercials said they would be. And you've been surprised to find that sometimes you just don't really feel like making love, even when there is time. And when you do feel like it, you realize that sometimes he's not quite up to it. That never happened before. It's made you begin to wonder if he really thinks you still are sexy. You two are friends. You've been through kids and financial disasters and sickness together. And generally, you've come out stronger people for it, a happier couple, even hotter lovers, for a while at least. You've managed to find the laughs between the tears and the hopes between the disasters, and each other's warm and willing bodies between the sheets. You're telling yourself it's just the stress, and the different schedules, and you're not kids anymore. You thought about them a lot today. And you remember how he used to get up and leave you in the middle of the night when you were his mistress. How empty the bed felt in the morning. And how he must have felt when he woke up this morning alone. You did it for his own good. 
you didn't want to wake him. He's been so tired. But after all of this time, this was the first morning that you slipped away without kissing him. You really didn't want to wake him up. It was for his own good. But how quickly our lives slip away. You know, I've seen even smart women misunderstand what a guy who loves her sees when he looks at her. The image in my lady wonder wench's mirror is only two dimensions. When I look at her, I see her, the way she looked when we first met. And I hear her laughing and crying, and, and I, I feel how she fits so perfectly, sleeping peacefully in my arms, warm and safe on a snowy winter night, and watching her face, smiling at some secret dream in, in the soft light of dawn. The story is called The Slipaway Wife. It's in the personal audio CD called Night Connections. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.com. Check out the Night Connections icon on the homepage. When she was just a little kid, Cassie used to hop up on my lap while I was sitting here in my big, comfortable, manly, black leather papa chair. And I, I used to love to hear her laugh when I told her little silly stories. And she grew up a little. She visited when she was a teenager, and she was so pretty... But all the teenage boys in the neighborhood used to just happen to drop by just about all day long. And she was in college, and, and every month she called just to say, Hey, Nana and Papa, I love you. And a few years ago, I'll never forget the lovely look on her face when my lady Wonder Wench was in the hospital in pain, and Cass so carefully put some lip balm on her grandmother's lips. David is a very lucky guy. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths, come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.